Welcome to the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk with martial arts practitioners about their histories and the influence that their practice of martial arts has on their lives. You are listening to the free version of this podcast, which is abbreviated. Help support this program by considering to subscribe to us on Patreon, where you will get four full-length podcasts each month, one week before the YouTube release date. The cost is that of about one coffee shop coffee per month. Go to www.patreon.com slash malmag to subscribe. That is www.patreon.com slash M-A-L-M-A-G. If you would like to purchase single full-length episodes of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, visit our Gumroad page at malmag.gumroad.com. And that is M-A-L-M-A-G dot G-U-M-R-O-A-D dot com. This week, I get on Zoom with Ann Conklin from Vancouver, Canada. She talks to us about her history and about academics and martial arts. Sit back and enjoy. All right, buddy, welcome to the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast. And uh, I've got a little, little change up for you today, and this is uh, intentional on my part, and I wish I would have been intended that earlier, which is to get some female voices in here. And, uh, you know, the, the martial arts, oddly, is, it seems like publicly more of a male-dominated world. But when you get into practice, well, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed, at least since the 1980s, early 1980s, when I started, is we now have probably at least 50% women, I think. And so I, I'd like to welcome uh, a dear old friend of mine, Annie Conklin. And, and this is, I think you might be the start of my little uh, Canadian uh, uh wing here i think i actually interviewed marvin before you so you might be number two in the line of canadians um that are going to be on here <laughs> that's great thanks for having me tim really excited you're welcome so uh annie i know through the Innocento family of martial arts and you're from vancouver i well i'm here now in vancouver okay yeah tim, you, but... that was annie was one of these fun people that the confusion was because guru always saw you all these other places and we didn't know if you were english annie canadian annie Annie from wherever, but I just said, well, she's got a little bit of an accent, so I know I think she's Canadian Annie somewhere anyway. <laughs> Definitely Canadian Annie. Um, I'm 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 originally from Ontario, so um, I'll I'll probably go through some of that with my history at some point. But um, I I revisited and reconnected with Guru when I was actually living in the United Kingdom, and I first saw Guru again in Edinburgh with Rick Young. So. Um, and I had red hair at the time. So for a long time, Guru thought I was Scottish. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and I did have a wee accent for a little while too, because I'd lived there for long enough. But um, but I've I've repatriated now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. And then uh, the other thing that's interesting to me is you are a uh, um very high level scholastically. You are like a researcher, I believe, right? So you're like a PhD researcher kind of person. That's right, Tim. Yeah, I um, I I have a PhD, uh, a doctorate, and then after that, I did what's called a, a postdoctoral fellowship, which is where you kind of um, you still do more training, but you're sort of more independent. It's sort of what you do before you become a faculty member, oh. and um, that's what brought me back to UCLA or ULA. So I had a wonderful right. yeah, chance to. Wow. Yeah, to officially be a student at the academy, right. which was um, which is when a... we had the the triple and threat. I remember we had yes, three yes, girls yes. in class named Anne, <laughs> Anna, Annie, uh, which right. was a lot of fun. 
I know, and I never <laughs> quite knew if Drew was calling me up or not. Um, and he just but, pull all three of you up at the same time, whatever. I know, so I know. Man, get up here. That's right, and um, and so now I'm a I'm a faculty member, and in fact, I've just put in my tenure package in the summer. So hopefully, I will get promoted to what's called an associate professor. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That that means uh, job security. It certainly does. <laughs> yes. After a long well, journey, Tim, a long journey. I, oh yeah. That's not, <laughs> stuff to uh sneeze at for sure that takes a little work to get there yeah so um tell us a little bit about how you got involved in martial arts yeah well i uh started when i was eight years old um i it was 1988 and i was it was i was in a small town in southwestern ontario and there was a karate dojo that opened up and um my mom took me there and and we had a look at the the class and they were very welcoming and very friendly. And, um, you know, I just, I thought I'd give it a go. And I guess um, I stuck with it. You know, when you're young and you you kind of go through the belts, you sort of, your goal is to get that that infamous black belt, right? right. So, you know, yeah. it's that motivation to do that. Um, and I, I mostly did the katas and, um, we always had to learn a bit of history for each of our, our, our kind of testing levels and stuff. And I, I didn't really like the sparring. <laughs> I, I really avoided the sparring in my early days. You didn't like to get punched? No, I didn't, Tim. I really <laughs> didn't. And, um, and I do remember, um, for my black, um, no, uh, just before my black belt, my brown belt test. For some reason, that day, it seemed like everyone who belonged to the dojo decided to show up. And I had to fight everyone. You probably called them. So get the, <laughs> I don't, well, I, I don't know. I feel like it was a secret message, a memo that went out to everyone by the teacher. <laughs> and I thought afterwards, I thought, hang on a minute. Why did I have to go through everyone? And, and I know other people for their test didn't, you know, it was just sort of whoever showed up, you had to fight whoever was there. And so <laughs> lucky and that's me. That's you got to pass out like the X-Lax lace cookies or something, you know. The uh, night <laughs> oh, if I had only known, if I'd only known. But um, so when Guru talks about stamina, holy tamale. Yeah, that was a real test of my stamina. So um, I got through it and I got that brown belt and um and and but unfortunately, I, I I we moved from the little Kingsville town that I was in to Toronto. So um, can I ask a question real quick? Because I, I kind of brought. Oh this yeah. Up. So the eighties, I mean, were uh, I'm a little older than you, so the eighties were a bit of my heyday um, as far as like basically middle school or um, actually sixth grade to through high school was the eighties yeah. for me, and I did start martial arts in nineteen eighty two. Okay. Uh, kind of talking about the makeup of gender like uh i know yeah. the place i was at um was a a place that trained professional uh kickboxers at the time and then we had uh shonru karate and then we had a, a kung fu uh system being taught there and there was a taekwondo guy and a shonji kimbo guy and of all these classes was, there was you know a good lot of people and i can remember about four women four or five women now they were tough but there was only about four or five um, yeah. what other girls were there than you when you were in this karate school yeah there was me and one other brown belt 
Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So you I actually what I did then for your brown belt. Yeah. So um, what I did was Ishinru karate. So it was a combination of Shoenru and Gojinru, I think. Yeah. Um, so it was like 50-50 punching and kicking. It was a balance. And yeah, when I started as a white belt, there was there was only one other girl. And I guess she's the person I, I suppose I, I, you know, I looked up to her, I saw that she was doing it and she was very close to black. And, um, and I think, yeah, when I left, I, I think there might've only been one other girl since. So, you know, I was one of two, and sometimes I was the only girl in most of my classes because wow. you know, she didn't always come. She was at that point, I think she was in high school or something. Right. So, um, yeah, so I'm used to being the only girl wow. pretty much in, in the majority of my classes. And I would say that it would, it's been like that for the good majority of my, of my training um, until I came to the Academy. And I, I think actually, I find that that's something really special about the Academy and about guru. He really, um, I, I think he attracts a gender balance Yeah, and there's something about him as a teacher and the environment that he creates as a teacher right. um, that makes it safe for women to come and to feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And, and he's created a lot of really excellent female instructors that, you know, many of us uh, look up to uh, and you don't even, you don't even really even think, Oh, I'm, you know, this is a female instructor. I'm, and I'm, you know, having this great respect for him. You just do because it is what it is. You know, it's it's the sort of the, the makeup of how we go about martial arts in a hierarchy. But you know, these some of these ladies uh, are just phenomenal. They're very good. And even kids' class, I marvel at, is most of the time fifty percent girls. And there are times when. You know, I see it come in and, and I'm looking at the kids class and I'm like, OK, like my Saturday class, I've had it where there's three boys and like 10 girls. Yeah, all these boys are in trouble today, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's never uh, like I mean, no one ever picks on anybody. But, you know, oh, that just, makes me happy yeah. to hear that, Tim. I'm I'm always trying to promote, uh, you know, more girls and women in martial arts. And, um, you know, so so and I there's a there's been a you know, a change. I think even just generally, like even now, you know, a BJJ class will have several women in it. You know, it's right. it's more mainstreamed now. Um, I think it depends on the on the 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 type of art as well to some degree. Sure. But but much more improvement for sure compared to like, you know, the N of two right. <laughs> back in the 80s and 90s. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well we'll we'll about that a little bit more so after your after your small town uh Ishinru school where did you go to then so uh we moved to Toronto and um I wasn't able to really find the same Ishinru um karate style so what was close to me at the time was actually believe it or not was taekwondo so I ended up shifting to Korean martial art um I did get a black belt in that and um, that took me about maybe three, three and a half years of, of training about three or four times a week. Um, and, and I guess I was lucky that the, the instructor was able to kind of just 
I guess, recognized that I had come with some skills. So I think he sort of, you know, he was more willing to sort of um, help me fast track a little bit. And, and, and I didn't, I, I don't think I completely started from zero, but he wasn't able to just give me a brown belt in Taekwondo. Right. I mean, it wasn't like that. You know, it, it's such a nice change or well, reminiscing about that because now like you'll have people kind of walk in and say well i'm this can i get equivalent in that and i'm like what <laughs> what makes you think that it's like you you might be a fantastic veterinarian but i'm not going to license you as a dentist <laughs> absolutely yeah no i know um but i guess he was he was willing to you know uh, let me go faster than maybe he would have otherwise because you know I had the skills I had coordination I was able to pick things up and everything but he still made me go through the levels you know in his system um and then um the funny thing is and I I I, I still I still wonder what happened um literally I I did my test on a Friday and um and then I go on the Monday and the doors are chained. There's no, there's no sign of doc of, of Mr. Kim's Taekwondo school. Um, and I, and I, I told my mom, I was like, am I dreaming? Like, did I dream that I had a black belt and then I did training for three years? Like what happened? And it just gone, just no trace gone. And I have no idea. I, I don't know what happened. Did you know any of the other students personally? No one knows. No, where no, not really. I, I have to say, Tim, I, I, most of my martial arts, my early days of my martial arts were pretty solitary. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't really have that sense of community that I, I do now. Um, and, and maybe it was because I, I sort of did move around, you know, I was somewhere for like two years and somewhere for three years and then two years and, you know, I, and, um, and I was pretty young, right? So, you know, um, most of the students, to be honest, were often in their teens and early, early uh, adults, right? So, um, so then I, my mom found an American kickboxing school for me, because obviously, you know, Taekwondo is very kicking heavy, and I guess kickboxing similar. So I did that. Um, but they were very, you know, competition oriented. And again, I was, I was not, I was still <laughs> didn't like the sparring. Um, so I, I just did the classes and I did that for, I think two years and, but I don't think there was really any belts and stuff. So I, I, you know, I, I was sort of just in between. And then after that, I did, um, Nimpo Taijutsu. Uh, so I, I ended up taking up ninjutsu and I did that for about five years wow. and yeah. And so that was more consistent a little bit. Um, and, um, and through that, uh, teacher, that teacher was actually really interested in learning Bruce Lee's martial art. And I have to say, I didn't, I didn't really know who Bruce Lee was. I know this is going to sound a shock <laughs> to your audience, but um, unlike a lot of my colleagues, um, I, I didn't really read martial arts magazines. I, I didn't really follow all of the trends or seek things out. I, I, I just started it because, you know, my dad wanted me to do something physical for my physical health. 
And he liked the idea that I was going to learn some self-defense in the process because as a girl, he, you know, he was my dad and he thought that was probably a good skill to have. And so I just did it for those reasons. I, 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 I was so, I was so ignorant of, of all of it really. And, and I'm in awe of all of you guys who just um, know so much history and, and, you know, remember all the magazines and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's just being a nerd on it. That's all. Yeah. Just nerding out. I feel like, gosh, you know, I'm a nerd in real life, but I can't nerd out in my, in my martial arts passion. So anyway, but um, so through that, um, through that person, uh, he and I did private lessons for two years with Makoto Kabayama. And um, I don't know if you know that name, uh, Tim, you might do because he was Larry Hartzell's uh, senior instructor in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he kind of, I guess he was the key representative of the Larry Hartzell lineage of JKD concepts and um, through him was introduced to both JKD and FMA. Um, and, and then this, and then that the rest is history with my love of FMA and all things guru. Wow. Yeah. So who did you pick that? Uh, so your, your teacher, the ninjutsu teacher was your first Jackie D teacher then? No, we, we did private lessons together. So we oh, learned with, with JKD the, oh, with, with together the, uh, from Makoto. So I would say Makoto was my first JKD instructor. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he, you know, he's also trained by Paul Vunak. So I knew about okay. Paul Vunak before I really knew about Guru Inasano. Yeah. It was kind of interesting days back in those periods where you had, <clears throat> there was a, a lot of uh, branches on the tree, you know, that kind of all lead back to, to Guru, then to the roots of Bruce Lee. Right. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a lot of very interesting branches that I mean, still exist kind of, I guess, with the next generations down and stuff. and and, and you know, it's one of those things I try to get out there and pay attention to because um, a lot of those branches were really interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, I had a the privilege and opportunity of having a brief, you know, uh, training one on one or not completely one on one, but very small group with Paul Bunak mm -hmm. um, in um, I think it was. Gosh, it was two thousand. It was February two thousand and two. It was right. I was supposed to go for nine eleven. I was supposed to go for my birthday, and of course, nine eleven happened, and no one was traveling anywhere. Right. Yeah, delayed travel a little bit. Delayed traveling. So the earliest was, I think, I don't know, January or February two thousand and two. Um, in my last year of university of undergrad, and um, to me that was it. It was a game changer. It just, it just. I think something just switched mentally for me and, you know, just something around intention and, 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 and the drills were really novel and um, really just brought something out in me that I guess all my other training had not really done. Now, was I here in California? You, you came to him? Yeah, and... it was in, um, what was Orange County? Ocean, Oceanside, I think is. Well, I know, yes. I, I'm not sure if that's where he was. It, um... He was in, was uh, San Clemente. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. San Clemente. So yeah, we went there and um again with with my ninjutsu instructor, it was the two of us, and I think we had a weekend with Vu. And um 
And then, and then I, I graduated in 2002 in May and I had, I organized to do an internship at UCLA, oh, wow. which um, was not what I thought it was going to be. And so I ended up just, um, I just redirected all my energy to going to the academy. And so I trained 40 hours for four months every month. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I did pretty much almost every class except the Shuto. Um, it was what year? 2000... 2002. So that was when... It was Manchester School. That is right. That is right. And it was also when uh, Mark Denny uh, had a class on Saturday. So okay. um, I was introduced to the Dog Brothers method through that. And I do remember, I think... Uh, so Tanya Paulson was my training partner in okay. class. Bless her. I loved her. She was always someone I looked up to. And now she's married to Eric Paulson. Right. And I remember he gave, came and did a little seminar and I, I went to that seminar and oh gosh, I don't even think I, 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 I feel like I just had no idea what was going on. No, but that's it was fun. I get when I'm around Eric too, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was, it was, it was um, the Valley Tudo. It was kind of a Valley Tudo yes. seminar. And, um, I, you know, I didn't see Guru much because, you know, he was away every weekend, really. So most of my training was taught by, um, oh, dear, my brain's having a, a brain brain spasm here. It's having a block. Um, it was a good block of instructors at that time period. So you... there was, there was, oh, gosh. Was, uh, um, was you know Suzanne, Guru Suzanne. Suzanne? Yeah. Her husband, what was his name? John Spazano. Yes, John. Okay, he yeah, he was he was the guy I think I I did most of the classes. I seem to remember he was he was a, a predominant instructor. Uh certainly when Guru was away on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was 21, Tim. And um <laughs> And this concludes the abbreviated version of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast. Please click the like and subscribe buttons as well as the notification bell. Also consider subscribing to the full-length podcast at www.patreon.com slash malmag or purchasing individual full-length episodes at malmag.gumroad.com. Thank you for listening to this episode with Ann Conklin. Coming up next week, we have yet another Canadian, a scientist by the name of Natasha Lapore. Check out the Malmag store at www.martialartslifestylemagazine.com and click on the store tab. There, you will find a full selection of Timmy B's brand sticks for FMA and Kirby Kerbong, as well as Timmy B's and Dos Manos t-shirts. Many more products coming soon. Also click on our courses tab to purchase online courses. Right now featuring a course in the Dos Mono stick of FMA. More courses to come. This show is produced by Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine. Visit us at www.martialartslifestylemagazine.com and enjoy the free version of our online magazine with articles, a recommended schools page, and a worldwide events calendar. Music by Jack Al Relic. Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine and the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast are trademarked and copyrighted by TNT LLC.